This is Amateur Logic, episode 176, for December 16th, 2022. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world's leaders in ham radio accessories, and by ICOM. It's the most wonderful time of the year to give the gift of ICOM. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. And it's our annual Christmas episode tonight. So, when does that generally happen, Tommy? Every uh, well, about uh, about every twelve months or so. <laughs> okay. Uh, tonight, boy, the the weather has been in a constant state of change around here. It's it's cold, and then it's in the 80s, and now I think it's going to be getting down to the, maybe the 20s. Tornadoes. Yeah. You name it. Yeah, so. Uh, pretty pretty much the whole gamut of weather. I'm sounding a little hoarse tonight. <laughs> That's the <Yeah>. steroids kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you, are you seeing the weather outside? It's frightful, George. It it was a day or so ago, especially down there in the country of New Orleans, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Hey, speaking of tornadoes, yeah, they had some rolling through here, and yeah. uh, we sent it up your way as well. You might have got it first. We did. Yeah. yeah. It got pretty bad in North Texas where I was, too. Yeah. Dallas. We had some, some tornadoes in the state, too. None right here. What about up there by you, Mike? I don't know if it was part of the same system or not, but uh, we had uh, actually it was kind of nasty weather up here. We were under a, a weather advisory, travel advisory, a lot of uh, high winds, blowing snow, at least up here. Uh, further south uh, was rain and possibly freezing rain that they got, but I was really surprised how long the high winds lasted. When I woke up in the morning to go to work, power was flickering. I thought we were going to lose power. Um, pockets in the area did lose power. Uh, where my daughter works, they I think she counted 13 times the power went off and came back on again. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, not great for driving, that's for sure. A lot of accidents. So what's it like down on the South Pole, Emil? Oh. You know, we're trying to adjust to the weather here because, as you mentioned, 80 to 30 to 80 to 40, it uh, starts wearing on me. In fact, you might hear hear that a little bit in me. Uh, I'm definitely going to try not to operate any heavy machinery on tonight's show. I'm <laughs> under under the influence of some allergy and other medicines. So I've got a little cold going, trying to adjust to the weather here. It's uh, up and down, up and down. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that going on after that front came through and the temperature dropped. Yeah. 
And what about up on the North Pole, Santa? This one caught my eye, uh, I think, two days ago. And it was a headline that really got me. Londoners outraged after neighbor clears snow from his whole street. So just to summarize real quick, you have to read the uh, the article because it's it's really great. Uh, London received, um, London, England, that is, of course, received, uh, I guess, a, a dumping of snow. One of the neighbors decided he would do everyone a favor and started clearing the sidewalks and everything. And it turned out it was a... <laughs> It was a Canadian that is working over there. He was a former Mountie, a Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman. And uh, some of the comments that were made to him uh, were kind of funny. Like, for example, um, you know, uh, a lot of them were showering uh, him with praise, saying the more the world needs more people like you and more kind acts and makes the world a better place. And a second one, I guess, said, can you be my neighbor, please? And others displayed some classic British humor as they found some silly reasons to complain about the act. One said, this is an act of actual violent level of Canadianness." <laughs> Another one said, poor neighbor's kids, how are they supposed to make a snowman after school now? Another, another more serious complaint moaned, boo, I like the crunchy snow on the pavement. <laughs> so it was all in, all in fun, I guess, uh. It was it was kind of a, a fun article to read, especially with all the gloom and doom, and you reading the news anymore. So I, I could anyway, guess that uh, check been. it out. The I've posted the link and a QR code on the uh, on the page. I could have guessed that would have been a Canadian that did that. Nobody else would be nice enough to do that much snow removal for just for the heck of it. No. <laughs> no. Actual violent level of Canadianness. Yeah, that, that's about right. <laughs> Wow, so he went all Canadian on his neighbors, huh? He yeah. did. That'll yeah. learn him. <laughs> well, email you you mentioned this to us earlier. So our club uh, converted one of its um, city water tower repeaters, uh, 70 centimeter repeaters, over to the GMRS bands. And, you know, they have the... Uh, Different radio services, FRS, which is unlicensed, and GMRS, which is licensed now. So the club put together a net and started running that net, and it finally dawned on me what they were going for here. And, yeah, it's a unique relay uh, situation and kind of covers multiple radio services and uses that spectrum. So, the FCC gives it to us. We might as well use it for something, and we found it. Check it out. Hello, George, Tommy, Mike, Amateur Logic TV viewers. I have a presentation here on something our club, W5SLA, is doing with GMRS radio, which I think is neat. Our club has a GMRS repeater up on a uh, water tower here in the city of Slidell. It's on 462.725. Several hams and other people have their license and a radio to communicate on this repeater. It has pretty good coverage within our city, to 20 miles coverage. It's the use of this repeater during a net that I think is pretty neat. So I wanted to talk about it. You can see here the repeater on uh, mygmrs.com. 
as well as our club's website and what they're doing with it. There is a PL tone to get into it, but that's pretty much it. It's pretty open to anyone who wants to use it. As you might or might not know, the frequencies in GMRS overlap other services like FRS, and that's a key point of what I'm going to show you about the tactical use in a minute. There's a program out there that Glenn, KG5CEN, originally brought up to the uh, group here in the club. It's called Radio Relay International, and there's different levels of the program, uh, neighborhood level, community level, state, national. The ones we're talking about pretty much right now are the neighborhood level, which again, I think is a pretty neat use of uh, the radio spectrum and a way for us to work, us being uh, hams, uh, to work with people in the community who either are not licensed or are licensed on another radio service like GMRS. Here's how that happens. Our club on every Tuesday, just before our Aries ham net on two meters, uh, is a GMRS slash FRS net there. Notice both radio services are listed. The way that's accomplished is through the net calling for licensed GMRS operators on the repeater channels first, then moving on to FRS radios. So the FRS radios can't usually talk to the repeaters, but they're on the same channels as the outputs. So as we're all listening as licensed GMRS users, they pause and give time silence from us basically for the FRS stations that might be closer to us as licensed GMRS operators. So that's pretty significant to me because you, you have a lot of these radios out there and they can be used on the same channel legally, legitimately as the output of the repeater. And from there, as a licensed GMRS person, if we hear them, we can relay them into net control. Well, imagine a scenario where the people who are also on the air is maybe city or uh, local authorities and has a pretty good chance for getting information, especially when everything else is not working, right? When all else fails. I think that's a pretty neat tactical use of this and our club has embraced it. And now we, we call these nets. It is slow to take up so far. Uh, a lot of the people there are hams and imagine the scenario too, with the ham license where we're taking that information and then giving it somewhere else, you know, saying where we heard it from source wise, um, with our other licenses on other bands, there might be an EOC that information needs to make it to, or some other more formal, uh, nets that are happening on the other bands. So I, again, I think it's really neat what the club is doing with this. I want to say just from what I see in the, uh, my GMRS site and other things that, uh, some of this is starting to take off elsewhere as well. Short subject, but I thought it was neat to share uh, tactical use of GMRS and FRS. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. If I don't hear from you from then, from KE5 QKR. That's, yeah. that's a pretty cool idea, man. Yeah. Oh, Go ahead. I was just saying, telling George, you you guys club is uh, they're always got some cool cool activities going. I think that's pretty neat. President is very active across the board. He came up with it along with Glenn KG5CEN found the uh, site with the ideas on how to use it. And the key is when we have those nets on the GMRS repeater, they pause 
so that all the hams spread out over the city can listen for people who are local on their smaller FRS radios, right? Because they're on mm-hmm. simplex and they're hitting the output of the repeater. We're on the repeater. Uh-huh. So we give it that time where we just listen or that window where we're listening to them calling that they might be close to us and then we relay it to that control. So I thought it was a neat idea. Yeah, it is. It is pretty neat. That's really neat. That's uh, one thing that's really different between the U.S. and Canada. In Canada, we're not allowed repeaters on, on the GMRMS system. Um, in fact, um, the only GMRS equipment is are those uh, little handy talkies. And, and the only ones that can be sold legally here are ones with permanently attached antennas. Right. Right. In in fact, uh, I'll show you here real quick. Yeah, exactly. We have the ones with the antennas, right, permanently attached, like you can see there. And those are the FRS or unlicensed bands. And then there's the ones that you can get now. Of course, the antenna does come off, um, mm. but they have uh, that uh, little bit, little bit better of a radio. And a little bit more programmable. You can hook it up. You can hook it up to the PC or the computer, and it's got color screens, and they do other things too. But uh, so it's there's mobiles now because a lot of people are hitting that repeater. And uh, but you know there's so many of these out there. Occasionally we do hear uh, kids and people playing on the uh, there because it is a family radio service after all. They're running around the neighborhood, but uh, eventually they hear you. They'll either move, <laughs> they hear the repeaters output for sure, um, or you can use it in you know times of need. Whatever works. That's pretty cool. I got a couple of those little That's FRS cool. radios. They're uh, you got to be pretty close for those things to work. At least the ones we got. We yep. uh, we bought them just for camping. Um, my yeah, they're, they're nowhere near the coverage that they claim on the on the package when you buy them. Oh yeah, it's like twenty five miles or something <laughs> like that. That must yeah. be that must be like point to point over open water or something like mountain that. Mountain top to mountain top. Yeah, yeah. Just, so so just like that uh, radio relay org uh, site shows, this is neighborhood level, right? Block two blocks over, uh-huh. three blocks, and the repeater has got about a twenty mile coverage on a water tower. And of course the ham repeaters probably go out to 50 to 60 in our area. That's, that's kind of, it's way up there, 630 feet. But, uh, all the, you know, the combination or use of all three of those services was a really neat thing that I Uh saw. And especially when they brought it all the way down to the neighborhood level. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. That is very cool. You know what else is very cool? The D-Star QSO party's coming up for 2022. It's a little bit different this year, I think, than the others. Now, I haven't worked worked it in a couple of years, so I may be wrong about this, but I think there's some new stuff in here. Anyway, it does uh, from December the 28th at 0,000 UTC to January the 3rd, 2359 UTC. Uh, got some new activities on here. They've got... Uh, you can do picture mode now, which is very cool. I got some winners, uh, ten winners will be selected, so there's some prizes involved. Uh, if you want to find out about about it, you can go to icomjapan.com/event/dqp for D Star Q Party. 
And uh, the rules are down here. There's a PDF that's got uh, got everything all spelled out for you. So go check that out. Uh, I'm going to try to work it some, so hopefully I hear some of you on there. Um, looks like a good time. Um, if you're interested in doing the picture mode, I did do some segments a while back. Uh, Amateur Logic 165, I was showing how to send pictures using the ID52 and the Android app. And the, and the uh, iPhone app, actually, too, I think. Um, and then there's a, a video on the ICOM YouTube channel, ICOM America, about transmitting photos between D-Star radios. So check that out and uh, give it a try. It's pretty fun stuff. I hope to hear some of you guys on there. Yeah. And girls. Sounds cool. I, I didn't realize they were doing the pictures with it. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I think I'm pretty sure this is the first year for that. Um Anyway, it's going to be pretty interesting. I'll give it a try. This is the cheap old 2022 rear end view. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Review. Rear end review. There you go. Okay. The cheap old 2022 rear end review. Well, it was close. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I joined up with you guys because I could see the subtle humor and levity along with your, your uh, willingness to share what you know with anyone via the show. And besides that one of many awesome qualities of this show all throughout the year, I noticed another subtle trend in a holiday theme undercurrent uh, that some of y'all might not see. So here's my, here's my presentation of that. So how about it? Y'all ready to see uh, some 2022 rear ends? Let's, I mean, review? Yes. <laughs> yes. Bring it on. All right, so, you know, 2022 sure started with a uh, growl with Ributol, if I remember right, George. <laughs> yes, yes, I George, think. George always seems to find the most interesting items from broadcast times of past, for which, uh, you know, sometimes they spark more than just subtle outbursts that make it to uh, the blooper reel. So I seem to remember one that was very growly here. <laughs> yep, you're right, you're right. That one... Um, the Robutal was kind of like, I guess, um, the speed of the fifties or diet pills or, oh yeah. Yeah. Was that like Lucille Ball and what was the, the ad she was in? Vitamita Vegemin. Vitamin or something like that. Vitamita Vegemin. Yep. (laughs) Well, I know in this episode, there was quite a few remedies, including that one to take off the edge, you know, adults put in a lot of effort on the holidays sometimes and left some of the kids dreaming of the uh, coolest radio toys back then, you know? And uh, I, I got to say, I, I'm looking at some of those prices down there, George, and I'm not sure in our current markets that's uh, relevant, but... Uh, hey, They're cheap it's old man compliant. <laughs> it's cheap old man compliant. That's right, Tommy. Uh, so anyway, with that said, over to the right there... Uh, when you know when Tommy and Mike get together on some of their grade A uh, festive artwork here being merged into our uh, tech, like your uh, your what is that ID fifty two? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, strange things might be afoot uh, at the Amateur Logic TV video segments here because I seem to remember that one. That's uh that's quite the festive picture of you, Tommy, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Also, some Santa flying across the screen there, as well as a toga party. I seem to remember Mike uh, had me attend. <laughs> I can't take credit for the picture, though, other than being the model. 
That's Mike's yeah. handiwork there. <laughs> Business in the front, party in the back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Tommy Dirt. <laughs> yeah. Zeno so, so Dirt. Right. Moving on to February, uh, uh, George. You know, throughout the year, uh, the show also receives quite a bit of uh, some gifts from viewers from all around the world, in fact. Uh, in February, the show received some uh, cultural tea etiquette training devices and also some <laughs> rum butter from across the pond over there via uh, yeah. via the, the post from uh, G0MEJ or KG0PL, as we know him, Laird Nigel, and 2E0JVP, the Lady Julia, in Barrow in Furnace, Cumbria, England. I think that was a teapot. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, Mike, I think at one time we might have been wondering if that was a diaper, the one that Tommy's holding up there, but it turned out to be a warmer, right? Something to keep the pot warm or handle it. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking it? about this, Emil. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm going to have to start sending crap again because these 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 <laughs> items I get sent in are are, are too highfalutin. Yeah. I'd say, <laughs> the, I think the proper British term is a tea cozy. cozy. I think so. Yes. Yeah. So up there in the middle, um, you know, Santa, uh, I, he was uh, sending some messages here to make sure you leave out that milk for the uh, tea. Yes. Uh, so, and, and it's better made. The tea, from what we learned so far, uh, there might be more lessons here, I'm sure, but the tea is better made in the pot if you want to remain on the nice list. So, yes. And we, know, you know, with ahead. it being December... Uh, we are going to do that here in a little bit. We're going to fire up the pot and bring it out here. No reason that uh, we should purposely put ourselves on the naughty list. No, that's that's right. We'll try to comply. And speaking of that, firing up the pot. I see there's a public service announcement from you on the right hand side. You know, don't don't do pot, kids. So, uh, <laughs> George, and and the last thing I remember from that episode. Uh, the, by the way, the rum butter did not last a week in my house, so kudos. Thanks, Nigel, for that uh, stuff. That's that's awesome stuff. I remember the blooper reel in this episode particularly because I, you could see that up on the upper right-hand side there. George was kind of telling, giving uh, Tommy some audio tips that the, uh, the audio works better with the mic, Tommy. <laughs> is that uh, what that is? Because that's not the way I remember it. <laughs> what did you I know? thought that oh. was the infamous pull my finger episode. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what it looks like. He, he was point. He was pointing at the mic that was off screen because we couldn't hear anything he was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that earlier today. Wow. Okay. Right. Is there more? There's more. But We're moseying on to March. Have you ever experienced, or do you have uh, budget leakage with holiday reactants? Because if so, in this episode, George showed us how to measure for that in March. If things aren't quite adding up right, you need to go back to the uh, cheap budget. So the uh, the ESR ratings on these, which is, you know, ELF serious reactants, is a very important measurement if you're going to get things, you know, working within the budget. So not not to worry, though, because, you know, George took us on a trip to the island of uh, misfit parts here to the right and uh, was that was also in order, you know, to find the replacements he was looking for. I think it was a capacitor, if I remember right, George. Um, so that anybody can continue to play in all the holiday and reindeer games. So thanks for that tip. I've, I've used that quite a few times. 
Cool. And Tom, WA2IBD, who's in the chat room tonight, I believe, he showed us during March how to uh, keep warm when you're at Quartz Fest. I think that's what that was. Isn't that Quartz Fest in the desert there? Uh-huh. And he attended. So he was at this one showing us how they keep warm in the desert. And uh, Mike, if I remember right, also taught us how to uh, fix up some dragon pie for the holidays. So thanks to you, Mike. See, you know, all of these holiday themes are here. You guys just might not see it. So it's alligator pie down there, but you tell me it's dragon pie up north? Apparently so, Mike. That was the dragon pie episode, if I remember right. That indeed was the dragon pie episode. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to April, you know, we briefly learned about some festive squirrels that play the xylophone. Now, that was, I think that was the blooper reel there. Maybe Tommy's phone was going off. You could see him run, dragging it across the table. And uh, Mike, Mike just popped out with that one. You know, hey, it's squirrels that play xylophone. <laughs> I can remember losing it on that one. Tommy also showed us how he was, I think he had just gotten, maybe he had the 705 for a while, but on this time, he was showing us how to send his damn holiday pictures. Uh, or Wait, I mean his damn and holiday pictures. <laughs> one of those, that is that the Hoover Dam, Tommy? Yeah, that's the Hoover Dam, and then the bottom one is uh, ice skating rink over in Dusseldorf, Germany. Oh, there you go. See, I was right. He's showing us his damn holiday pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, and holiday. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I got I to gotta rewrite this. Also at the bottom there, if you were checking in with us at the uh, Amateur Logic TV soundcheck nets anywhere around this time, you might have caught the uh, the SWR drip attenuator gauge at in the uh, what the heck is it's uh, portions of our nets. You know, that, that connector there is uh, very useful, and I heard it's standard equipment on Santa's uh, portable rig in his sleigh, so... Good stuff there if you're not catching that. that. That may have been one of the best, uh my opinion, best what-the-heck-is-it pictures we had on on the net. That was a good one. A lot, a lot of wrong answers there. <laughs> well, moving on to May, you know, while it's it's just about – May was a very interesting uh one here. It's, it's just about always antenna weather in the Great White North. We all know that. Uh when the ground thawed out, however, as George so eloquently put it, it's time to pound ground. This would knock me off me? my chair if I remember right. <laughs> it's it's a ground rod. It's a ground rod. That's that's what Mike, I referred to. Mike showed us some very special techniques on pounding ground. So uh, I, I think that was an excellent thing, and it looks like it went really well for you mike i guess it's it's doing well these days i take it well it's it's still in the ground if that's what you're getting at demille okay <laughs> it hasn't fallen out yet <laughs> all right so uh down south however on the other hand we we have to pay special attention to some things down here like the rules of lent and the amateurs code or else because if not there's going to be hell to pay for the Rougarou, um, while we were working SWOTA to soda contacts with Jeff and Amanda up there. You know, this was hey, Mel, the Friday maybe, the 13th episode, and Mike brought us to the Rougarou. What's that, Mike? Is it really true that you're supposed to keep 13 cents with you all the time? 
because yeah, they can't that, ca- count past 12. Is that it? That I've read that. I've actually read some of the uh, articles on this because you, you're the one who brought it up to me. I didn't even know, know about it until you brought it up. So I've been reading. That's a very interesting thing there. <laughs> okay. how, how that ties into Christmas, I have no idea. Well, Lent. Oh, yeah. well it's right up there with uh, who's Arnie's favorite friend there, Krampus? I think he was talking about <laughs> Krampus. Scared Scaring the pejesus out of uh, little kids around Christmas time to keep them in line, I think. So in the June show, this is uh, Hamvention. And this year, I got to go over there to, to uh, Xenia, Ohio, with uh, my Elmer, John, KC5, KWZ. And while we were there, we met up with you, George, and yeah. several other people. And one of the most memorable things I see there uh, was the, I think they have it written on there, cheap. Cheap stuff. Uh, the one dollar table, you know, mm-hmm. this is great things, uh, ornaments for your trees. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. We we found the free boxes as well, and anything in there could go either wrapped around a tree if it's cable or uh, ornaments if you got the hooks for them. So there you go. The the one dollar table at Xenia, uh, that Hamvention. Now, even though Tommy couldn't make it this year. If I remember right, he was able to configure up his 705 for a hotspot when he was preparing for North Pole communications. And he made contact with me and John while we were fixing our hotspot in the uh, hotel room. Yeah. And that's when he gave me the recommendation or reminded me of the pork chop sandwich up there, which is phenomenal, as we all know, or those who have been up there. So thanks for that recommendation there, Tommy. That was awesome. Yep. And we revealed it in the episode there. You did not actually buy that sandwich. <laughs> I, I did not. It. I was so I cheap. Bought. George had to buy me that sandwich. Yep. At least you got one. That's all that counts. Yep. I mean, I spent my last dollar to the bus person to get there to the site, so I appreciate that, George. Uh, the last well. dollar you were going to let go of. <laughs> the rest thank, of them were super good. for all those free stuff tables. Yep. So Mike could make it this year. Oh, uh, go back one, George, um, or if you can. Anyway, Mike couldn't make it that this year either, but uh, he was ready up at the upper left-hand side there. He was uh, protecting his rig from ESD, <laughs> if I remember right. Unplug the antenna, plug the other one, or however that works for him. He was ready to go with uh, his North Pole contacts because his rig was all protected. So good job, Mike. I think all of us have heard about Christmas in July, right? Yeah. Um, Field day can really, really be a source or generate some needs for new equipment <laughs> in December. Depending on how that weather is treating us, it, especially in Kelvin, the fan up there on the upper left-hand side, Mike, that was a was that an Armageddon fan? Is that a Kelvin fan or what is what is that? I think it must have been a hot day up there in Canada, eh? It it was, eh? <laughs> All right, closer. So. <laughs> I think also George in the middle here was running his uh, ELF station for North Pole operations this year. You know, he's got a thousand foot tower and a generator that can run a small city. And I think he's getting that message out uh, there in the middle. So no problem, as he says. I couldn't really hear what Tommy was saying at one point because that generator in the back seemingly just started up (laughs) on its own. And then I realized... 
looking closer at the picture, there's a little elf on the generator shelf in the back of that generator. So I don't think it was on accident. Where did that elf come from? I don't know. That <laughs> looks like a really familiar elf to me. It does. Professor it Elf. kind of looks like Mr. Potato Head from here. <laughs> <laughs> on opposite sides of the power spectrum, though, both Tommy and Mike at the bottom use their uh, QRP rigs to also ensure that they're going to be able to work North Pole in these adverse or a little bit more adverse conditions there. And uh, one more thing, I, I don't want to leave this out. In the show's closing credits, you know, we've all heard of uh, Santa Claus, Repo Claus, but did you ever hear of the Don't Try This at Home Clause? Because in every show credit, I think I've heard, I've seen that, George. Is that right? It is. In the, uh, in the credits for every show, as we're rolling through everything, it's, it's near the bottom there because, you know, you wouldn't actually want to do this stuff yourself. Well, or some of it. My, yeah, some of some it. Some of it you might shouldn't do, though. Well, yeah. Uh, but, the, but in the credits, there are actually several little tidbits in there. If you've never watched them all the way through, read them. Uh, might get a kick out of some of them. Yeah. Well, just in case, don't forget about the don't try this at home clause. You Good might want to get your neighbors to do it instead and just stick around and watch. <laughs> <laughs> so in September, never ceases to amaze me on or at the lengths that some hams will go in order to ensure that the message is going to get through. And September was no exception to this here. You know, if you travel a lot, and you watch some of Tommy's segments, no problem. He's got it. Check out the portable hotspots he reviews and uses. Um, uh, and and if you have the hotspot already with all the modes we're all familiar with, D-Star, DMR, Yesu System Fusion, and uh, others, uh, well, Mike showed us how to add M17 just in case the North Pole Radio Shop reflector goes M17 one day. Mike's ready, and he showed us how to be ready. So... You got to love it. They're, we're all gearing up, so to speak. Portable operations to the North Pole are always better with MFJ. And I think, George, that was you showing us their uh, one of their tools there <clears throat> on setting up a vertical. Yeah, that's actually Tommy showing it. I think I did the narration for that. Okay. But, uh, so, yeah. I mean, after all, right, MFJ is the world leader in ham radio accessories, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> and thanks, uh, shout out to Arnie, because, uh, you know, uh, while operating sometimes, our contacts should be plentiful and regular. We're just a with, bunch of regular guys. With loony prunes. <laughs> not too sure. I'm not, I just, by that look you were given there, Tommy, I'm not too sure you're convinced of that <laughs> need. <laughs> <laughs> he he so was. Tommy's got that, you got to be kidding me look on his face. <laughs> Uh, he was trying to read the fine print there. Is is this for real? Going on to October, you know, we, we met with all of our friends in Huntsville, and a lot of our friends, in fact. And that was awesome, seeing everybody. And the cheap old man got to attend it again this year with uh, both my Elmer John and Larry, KG5NXY, this year. We went as a group there. And we got to meet, speaking of uh, MFJ, we got to meet one of the hardest working elves I know, Richard, with MFJ. And I can tell just by the way he uh, works, this is not a job to him. <laughs> this is a love, you know. That man has more energy than anybody I know. And we also saw Rock and Ray. We uh, did. By common, uh, yeah, we did. And he showed us how you can stay in touch with the uh, North Pole with their uh, satellite radio there. I remember that segment. 
while reviewing some of the footage and pictures, I, I ran in, across one on the upper right-hand side there with uh, Tommy and Cliff, WA0JTW, which I believe is also in the chat room tonight. And that got me wondering because there was something about that picture that struck me. You know, one of them had the hair and the other one had the beard. So I had to cross-check and do some digging, and I put them together here. And I'm I'm thinking <laughs> one of these two is Santa vacation in, in Huntsville. I don't know. I, that just had me thinking, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Could be. If you, if you, never mind. <laughs> well, I'll never tell. Yeah. Yeah. We did see some other Chip. folks there. K9MIT. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We yep. met Chip and uh, Jocelyn and uh, Kevin. That was an awesome hand fest to run into everybody. There's plenty more people we ran into, especially locally down here. I saw a ton of people from here. So in November... I think we got out of sequence. Well, we slipped a month in there somewhere because the 17th anniversary was in October. But nevertheless, oh. it, it doesn't matter. It's uh, we 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 <laughs> recognized it no matter which month it was in. Right. Well, we usually run a little bit behind, anyways. Yeah, well, I don't think we were that far. Behind. No, <laughs> we're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, things were getting serious in November. You know, with things being so close to the holiday. Uh, in December, Christmas, all the radar screens lit up because here, Tommy, Mike, and Peter were all using some type of technological prowess, spectrum analyst, weather satellite imagery, comet data analysis, all kind of things to get ready for Santa tracking events. And we all know as hams how important the Santa tracking is this time of year and uh, what we have to do. So, you know, Tommy also showed us a, a pretty nifty tool for the Christmas lights repair there. I remember that stripping tool, Tommy. That's, yeah. uh, that's going to be really useful for the holidays. <laughs> and Mike had the, uh, the, I think it was the weather satellite uh, imagery that you could upload to the a site. The, was it the audio, Mike, that you could upload to the site and wind up with the image? Uh, yeah, you, you can take an audio clip and run it through an online site, and it would produce the uh, the facsimile on That's screen. That's a pretty, pretty slick way of tracking Santa there. You could see him on the, the radar scope there. It's pretty neat. And uh, I know Tommy was showing us uh, the Spectrum Analyzer, I think a part of the uh, SDR Play suite, mm -hmm. right, Tommy? Yeah. That little spike there must be Santa's sleigh passing by. Good stuff. And then Peter, finally, I think I was out this month, uh, but Peter stood in, and he... he told us about something he was doing with uh, some comet data analysis, and he's finding all kind of things. So congrats to Peter. He found one of the first ones in that SunGrazer project. He's been doing it, but I think there might be ulterior motives there because some of that might be Santa moving through the stars as well. You just never know. Just hmm. repurpose that technology. That's yeah. right. He, he really has done really well with that. Oh, yeah, he has. I remember when he first started talking about it, and and was wanting to do it and learned Python so he could yeah. write a script there to to help sift through the data. Here we are in December. We're here. We are here. <laughs> you are here. So, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that this episode is going to have some special holidays underlying themes as well. So I'm just going to start off by saying Merry Christmas to everybody and 7-3. This is the 2022 Cheap Year-End re Rear-End Review. <laughs> okay. 
You know that that's the first that's the first show I I can ever remember seeing live stripping taking place on a on a on a <laughs> podcast before. Yep. On the uh, on the show notes document we have here, it said strippers on it. So <laughs> kind of funny. I think I actually sent a picture to you guys of it. I remember pretty, getting my attention <laughs> looking at the show notes. I'm like, what? Yep. Yeah, right here, about three quarters of the way through. That's where the strippers come on. Well, I just happen to have right here in my hand an email. A sure enough email. A sure enough email. And this came from uh, N0URW, Tooler Dan, who wrote, Which is better to set your RF signal clarity to be sure your signal is crisp and clear on SSB mode? Is it an oscilloscope? Our spectrum analyzer. And he says, if you have a certain episode of the show online, I need to watch it uh, to see you talk about that. Well, we've talked about both several times, Dan. And uh, let's see, I got this in the middle of November, so it's been a month. So I don't remember exactly what I told him, but um, both. I mean, there's things that you can see with a spectrum analyzer that you won't really see looking at an oscilloscope. However, some things you'd be better with uh, trying to use an oscilloscope, like looking at AM modulation. Well, he's talking about sideband, so maybe not um, applicable there. But a lot of the newer modern digital oscilloscopes will include a spectrum analyzer function in there uh, that you can scroll through the menus and choose the spectrum analyzer. Some of them it's an option, some of them it's not. But you can use a spectrum analyzer built into an oscilloscope. Now, it's not going to be, you know, as high a resolution as, um, you know, a, a purpose-built spectrum analyzer, but Nevertheless, you can get some pretty good ideas of things in there, and I think you've you maybe uh, did that with your scope one point. With the FFT, yeah, the uh, I showed it. I think I showed it uh, way back when I got it. I actually have a project uh, coming up. I'm going to do that some more with that. Have we ever done an episode on uh, using a two tone generator and looking for that trapezoid pattern? I think I probably did that on Ham Nation at one point. I don't remember. It was either there or Amateur Logic. I don't recall it being on Amateur Logic. Yeah, it was probably on Ham Nation, though. Um, But, yeah. um, Might be a good one to revisit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can pull that out of the archive if I can find it. Yeah. You know, I don't have a wiki on my archive like once, uh, once the show we, does. Once we upload everything to archive.org, then it, it'll be searchable. Well, everything is uploaded there now, yeah, Mike. It's all there. Yep. All episodes. I'll have to go looking for it. I, yep. spent, I spent like five days uploading files. Actually, I spent five, four days downloading them and a couple hours uplo- uh, uploading. Yeah. But... Kay helped us out there. Tommy sent them all to him, and Kay was able to go in and ingest the video and an XML file we had with all the notes and and got it set up so all the Amateur Logic episodes and all the Ham College episodes 
are now available uh, in addition to wherever they were on archive.org as well. And there they will be for a long, long time, even Eternity, after pretty much. Yeah, after the show's end, they should still be there. Ends. We've only been going 17 years. True. I guess it's too early to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting started. Okay. So uh, I had that email there. And really, I'm the slacker this month, so that's the only, well, I say that's the only thing. That's almost the only thing I contributed to tonight's episode. Eh, A little bit more in there, but we're going to stop right here, take a quick break, get a message from MFJ, and then we're going to be right back. Don't go away. There's a lot more. For years, hams have relied on the world's most popular antenna analyzer, the MFJ259B. That compact battery-powered RF impedance analyzer combined four basic circuits, a 1.8 to 170 megahertz variable frequency oscillator, a frequency counter, a 50-ohm RF bridge, and an 8-bit microcontroller. Now the MFJ259 has been updated to the new MFJ259C. All the same great functions present in the 259B with an expanded frequency range. The MFJ259C covers all frequencies from 530 kHz to 230 MHz, allowing measurements all the way from the AM broadcast band through the 220 MHz amateur band. Make a wide variety of useful antenna impedance measurements, including coaxial cable loss and distance to an open or short. Primarily designed for analyzing 50-ohm antenna and transmission line systems, the MFJ259C also measures RF impedances between a few ohms and several hundred ohms. It also functions as a signal source and a frequency counter. The MFJ259C gives you a complete picture of your antenna's performance. Read antenna SWR and complex impedance, determine velocity factor, coaxial cable loss in dB, length of coax, and distance to a shorter opening feet. Read SWR, return loss, and reflection coefficient at any frequency simultaneously at a single glance. You can even read inductance and microhenries and capacitance and picofarads at RF frequencies. The large, easy-to-read two-line LC screen and side-by-side meters clearly display all the information you need. While a lot of new antenna analyzers have appeared in the market recently, none give you the flexibility and wide assortment of RF measurement capabilities the MFJ259C does. And for UHF, the MFJ269C adds 415 to 470 megahertz coverage with a characteristic impedance input of 0 to 600 ohms and a 12-bit A to D converter. But wait, there's more. Now the new MFJ259D and 269D give you coverage down to 100 kilohertz plus the 2200 meter band. When it comes to wideband antenna analyzers, no one's got you covered like MFJ. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. Ho, ho, ho! Hello again, boys and girls. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's time for the Santa WatchNet. <laughs> That's right. Santa's going to be making his rounds. And can you believe it? This is our 12th year in a row that my little helpers at the Do Drop In will be keeping an eagle eye on the radar. <laughs> I'll look for you to join us on the Santa WatchNet starting at 1800 hours Eastern time. <laughs> well, my little elf Dave. N3MTV will be keeping track of old Santa's location. And as always, Santa has a radio in his sleigh, and you know I just love chatting with the good boys and girls. 
So be listening for N1S. That's number one Santa. Ho, 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 ho. Gather up the little ones and get them checked in because third-party traffic is always on the nice list. Once again, it's the Santa WatchNet. Christmas Eve, 1800 hours Eastern on the Do Drop In Echo Link Conference Server, node number 355800. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas and 73 from me, number one Santa, and all my little helpers at the Do Drop In. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I've never actually had a chance to, to check in on that. We go to a family thing every Christmas Eve. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, I'd like to check in on it sometime. Yeah. Have you been, have you got on there? Uh, or my kids are a little old brother? for that now. Um, no, I, um, you never too uh, yeah, old for I, Santa. Seemed like I've checked in on it at least once. At, at you know how the saying point. goes, if you stop leaving, he stops coming. That's what they yeah. say. And it might just be me, but Santa sounds a little less creepier this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Tommy. Got over his cold. You've um, been doing a little bird watching, or what is what is this? I see the name of it. But. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, we got a repeater. It's kind of semi on the air. Oh, we're having a few issues with it, but uh, I needed to program my rig, and it's it's an older rig. But it's a great rig. I love it. But anyway, I don't didn't have the software, so I came out with a cheap old man compliant solution for it. If you've been watching Amateur Logic for a while, I'm sure you heard us talking about the repeater that we've got that we're trying to get on the air. Well, I need to update the rig in my truck and add the uh, repeater frequencies in there. I've got an older rig. It's an ICOM 2820H. I, I really love the rig. It's It's been a great rig. I don't remember how to program it with the buttons, and I could get it and look it up, but there's a lot of stuff around here that's changed. It needs to be updated. I decided I was going to go try the easy way. I've got the rig in clone mode by holding down these buttons and hit, this button and hitting the power on. And, and I've got a homemade USB cable, a homemade serial cable to program the rig. It's an OPC1529R. Uh, I don't have the store-bought one. I wish I did, but I don't and I need to get this done. So I made this a long time ago when I got my first ICOM rig. Anyway, I'm gonna try some free software. It's called Chirp. The uh, Back in those days, ICOM didn't give you the software with the rig. It was additional and I don't have it. I wanna go ahead and get this done. So I'm gonna try this free one to see if it works. I've got my cable hooked up to a trip light, USB to serial adapter. And it's hooked up to the to the cable that I made, and that cable's hooked up to the data jack on the rig. I already got it in clone mode, so let's see how it works. I'm gonna go to radio, download from radio, pick a port, which the only one I've got is COM3. That's I know that's the one that goes to this adapter, and I'll go find an ICOM radio, and I see 2820H. Say okay. Let's see what happens. Oh, I hear it. I heard the radio beep up there. Apparently, it's working. It's cloning from the radio. So let's see.
Well, it worked. I've got uh, some in here. These are the ones that were already set in the rig. And they look right. That's pretty cool for free. I've got uh, the call signs that I had in there. Okay, well that was that was easy enough. I just need to go in here and enter what I need to for mine. So ours is going to be 442.075, I think. I'm going to go ahead and add it as analog too because this repeater does both. I've got a tone of 77 hertz and it's a plus offset 5 uh, FM okay let's do it again 442.075 uh, no tone Plus, this one's going to be DV. DV. And this is going to be CQ, CQ, CQ. W5AXC. That's 567. Oops. 67. 8B and the gateway the repeater call is going to be the gateway W5AXC 67G for gateway now let's write the spec to the radio first I'm going to save it save as <clears throat> oh that'll do right there I'll just take the default name Okay, I saved that, so I can go back and add more to these later. Now it's going to go radio, upload to the radio, same settings. It's a little bit of an awkward place to be working, but this radio's kind of wired all in there. I would have to pull all the cables out of the console and the dash and everything, and I'm just really not into that, so... I'll do it from out here. Now let's take a look at the radio and see what that looks like. Okay, so let's turn the radio off and back on. And I've got my usual stuff in there. Let's see what we can find. Three, eight, nine, four. There it is, 442.075 dV and FM. So it worked. Something else that's really cool in Chirp is the ability to import your data from outside source. Let's take a look at that. So we go to radio, uh, import from data source. We've got several options, DMR, mark, repeaters, radio reference, repeater book, uh, I'm not even sure what that one is, an R finder. 
Well, I'm going to go to Repeater Book. I use the Repeater Book app on my phone when I'm traveling. It's been really good. Uh, so I'll try that. And let's do a proximity query. So I've already got my zip code in. And I'm going to do, uh, I'll just take the 50 miles that are in there. Get all the repeaters that are within 50 miles of me. Uh, let's go a little, let's go 75. And I'll take all the bands. Let's click OK. It brings up the list. This one's uh, not able to be done because it's a six meter repeater, which it actually isn't even on the air anymore. So nevertheless, uh, we can pick where we want to insert these. It starts off at the top of the list at number two, but we're going to go ahead and put it on uh, 16 and down. So let's go ahead and hit 10 plus you can see the numbering changes. So let's uh, add another. Start at 16 and we'll click OK. And it put it there at 16, so it filled in the rest of it. It's all contiguous, no empty spaces. What's really cool too is you can do block operations in here. You can click one, hold the shift, click again, and move up move down whatever delete a section of them so forth so anyway it's pretty nice to be able to organize them you can copy them and paste them so if you have a uh, a new radio a different radio so maybe you have a uh, i don't know uh ic92 or something one of the older ones uh, you can go in here and paste them Okay, copy me in. Copy. Paste. So you can copy and paste from one to the other, which is kind of nice. Give it a try and check it out if you need some software to program your rig. It's a pretty good deal. Price is right. It's a COM compliant. You can see the logo here. And anyway, uh, Catch you next time. Seventy-three. Tell you what, Tommy, there, there was two. There was two moments in there: free and cheapo man compliant. I love it. Yeah, got your attention, did it? Audio is always better with the mic. <laughs> there you go. There's one for next year, Emil. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's really cool software, and it, it supports so many different radios. Look at the list here. It's a bunch of stuff I've never even heard of. It's just incredible. <laughs> Lankenhoff? <laughs> I, I I have no idea. Wow. But it supports all the ones, I think all the radios I own pretty much are in here. Um, and, and then some. And then, yeah, then some. <laughs> but anyway, it's pretty cool. I, I When I had that Baofeng a long time ago when I had my boat, you know, I bought it because it's kind of disposable. You made it in... An anchor. Fell off, if it fell off in the water, I wasn't going to be out of anything. Um, yeah. But anyway, I used it then, and it wasn't very stable, but I didn't have any trouble whatsoever uh, this time. It worked great, so I definitely would recommend it. Cool. You might notice things have changed here a little bit. We've got uh, coffee cups sitting up hey, here. How'd that happen? Well, actually, they're not. They're teacups. Let's see this amateur logic. Mm -hmm. So I got to go to that side. And you notice there, there's no 
There's no tea bags hanging off the side here. That is because that will make Nigel happy. We're going to have a proper cup of British tea. We're just not going to have the milk. The milk. Yep. So I have brewed it here in the kettle or teapot with the bags in there, Nigel. Yep. And we're going to pour up a cup right now. Thank you. I don't mind if I do have a spot of tea. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Is that a hot spot? Very. It came off the... It was warmed up out of the nuclear reactor. Oh, well, no, this is not a nuclear reactor. No. This is... Uh, <laughs> the, hot, the water was hot. Made with heavy yeah. water. It has just gotten where I could touch it. Yeah. Mm. So I hope that is the right temperature, the the proper temperature, Nigel. So we're just short the milk, but yeah. I don't know if I could just make myself. The question the milk is, in there. how how long did you let it steep? It's it stepped for about <laughs> stepped. Yeah. Steep, Ste- steeped. Maybe five minutes. Is that long enough? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not it. an expert in that field. Uh, I know I think he's when you're doing it by the mug, that would be plenty for a mug, but I don't know about a pot. Yep. Well, let's see. Maybe it's cool enough. I, I to... go by the color. <laughs> well, it, it's the proper color. Okay. It's yeah. probably, it looks it's probably just good like, enough then. It looks just like tea. Is it Earl Gray? Um, no. He's not in there. It tastes good. <laughs> yeah. He's not in there. <laughs> it is a little warm. And you know it's um it's making me hungry, Tommy. Yeah, hey. How about a biscuit? A biscuit. Yeah, I don't have like, any gravy. Like a dog biscuit? Yeah. No. It's not a dog biscuit. Hmm. What is that? Dean's light and crumbly all butter shorties. Hmm. Huh. Um, these 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 came compliments to Nigel as well. well thank you yep. very much for sending that, Nigel. Mine doesn't look like that. No, yours doesn't. I am I supposed to open it? <laughs> uh, it looks like it's been opened. Uh uh-uh. Well, my dog had a hold of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine doesn't look like that either. <laughs> oh, you didn't get one, Mike. It offer was void in Canada. It was void. Oh, the body. I'm no. afraid to open it. It might have body parts inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The body shop. Let's but you know what? Then, there it is. I got it. Okay. It does, it does say whatever body parts are in there. It's from 100% vegetarian beauty. Okay. Oh, well, and there these you are go. these are Dean's also, which I think is uh, some some of your relatives. Name, yeah, the name of Nigel's ancestors, I think he said, and uh, I'm a Dean. I play okay. one on TV. Yep. And let's see. Nigel says next week something in the post via Royal Mail and U.S. Postal Service. Something nice with a cup of tea, brewed in a teapot and a cup. Or a mug uh, with this small parcel, Professor Thomas's Institute. It's not suitable for the dogs. 
the item was made in Scotland. And later that morning, this was yeah. on November 18th, he wrote this. He's going to be chatting with Peter, VK3PB. So, oh. Now, now that's a perfect light for that, Emil. It really brings out the texture. The texture, yes. I was wondering if uh, Mike got, that's the body shop. That's a little body. What is, what is oh, that's Mike. Uh, what is that? Hold it up again. Lemon sherbets. Oh, oh and Deans. Oh, they're similar. Wow. Deans. What shape are yours? Uh, like the little... Uh, Ours are shorties. Yeah. These are, are rounds. Yeah, ours look like emails did. Huh? Oh, sure. Man. Those are really mine good. With, mine came with a card. Oh, we didn't get a card. What does yours say? I don't know. I'll open it up and see. Man, mm. those are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice little, nice little snowman. It says, enjoy from Amateur Logic TV's biggest fan in the UK. Wow. You can't read that. No, you That's can't. That's weird. It's show up. Yeah. Must have some green in it. It's blue ink, but blue his ink. shirt does. Yeah. You can see the yeah. snow through his, uh, the yeah. vest of his shirt. Nigel, these are good. Yeah, it's really good. And you know, I've never really had biscuits with tea before. That I recall. Yeah, I've never had men in kilts before. I usually like gravy with my biscuits, but I'm not sure it'd go well with these biscuits. No. These are good without the gravy. Uh-huh. Definitely good. Show it again. Well. The camera adjusts. They're well sealed anyway. Mm-hmm. Got the little, got the little kilt. Oh, yeah. Let's see that now. Mine's kind of missing a head, but... Mike's got a round head? cookie. Is it a butter cookie? Uh, I'm, well, I'm sorry, biscuit, Mike? Well, it says all butter, shortbread, rounds. Yeah. Well, there are so, many kilts. I don't know if they're considered a biscuit or they're shortbread rounds. I think it's a biscuit. Because this one doesn't say biscuit, but I believe that's what they call them, isn't it, Dean? Yeah, they call, uh, we call cookies, they call them biscuits. Mm -hmm. Those are good. It's it's very good. That's Nigel's uh, Scottish family name. Yep. Thanks again, Nigel, for sending Mm -hmm. that. I really appreciate that. Man, that's good. And, And thanks, Bill Dean. Yep. Hmm. It tastes like what we have here, Lorna Dunes, but these are a little better. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a good taste to it, and mm-hmm. uh, yep. It's not it's not overly sweet. I don't really care for it's like super sweet. It's just a got a little bit of a sweet taste, mm-hmm. but buttery. It's really good. I'm looking at the ingredients, and there isn't any sugar in them at all. 
Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. The milk had sugar in it, apparently. Okay. Well, it had it's got the right amount of it, I'll put it that way. Sugar sugar's right at the bottom along with a little bit of salt it looks like. It's funny, we don't we don't get these up here. Hmm. Um, you can pretty much get Walker's shortbread uh, anywhere yeah. up here, but um not in all your cookies. But it does remind me of that them. uh what is a Scottish butter you can always get at the grocery store down here? Uh, I forget the name of it. Something gold. Kerrygold? I think it's Kerrygold butter. That's what these taste like to me. I wonder if that's what they use. Hmm. They might, are they Scottish? I've never heard of that. Looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's not the only Christmas present we got, Tommy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It does we, say product of Scotland. Yeah. So that that came from Scotland from our friend Nigel over in England or the UK. I guess we we could say that say it that way. And this one also was imported. This came from another foreign land. Another foreign land. It came from the country of New Orleans. <laughs> We've got a set of New Orleans signs here. Nice. Very cool. That's how you know I'm cheap. I got a note went... here. Oh, you just yeah, stole them, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just went street yeah. to street. Do you, do you take a ladder around or do you climb up those poles? No, the truck. <laughs> My truck is high enough. You stand in the bed, jump in the back. And it says, divvy up with Tommy and proudly display your cheap country of New Orleans street signs in your dwellings as you see fit from the cheapo deodonais. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to put some of mine right there by the moose signs I got from, from Mike a while back. I still got that no. moose sign hanging yeah. up in my house. I do, too. It's right up there. I think you should go around the neighborhood and post them on top of the uh, regular street signs just to confuse people. Yeah. Well, I uh, I would say I spared no expense, but there was pretty much no expense. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, who really invented the thumb drive? Well, it's a little bit of a contentious issue. There's a fellow... Uh, from Singapore that claims he invented it. In fact, uh, so much so he's tried to take it to court because other companies, in his opinion, have stolen his idea. And his, I guess he did have a patent, but obviously the patent wasn't tight enough. But anyway, long story short, he claims he's the uh, he's the inventor of the thumb drive. His name's uh, let's see if I can pronounce his name properly. His last name is is uh, is Tam. His first name is Hen, H E N N. Hen Tan apparently uh, invented it. And uh, I guess tried to license it. And um, this all happened around the year 2000. And I think hmm. they were saying the first one only had a capacity of about I think he I think it's if you read the article, it's about uh, 
8 meg was the original size on on the first one. In fact, I remember going to Costco and seeing them for the first time and and I still have one around the house here somewhere. Uh it only has 60 64 meg on it, which, you know, today oh, it's okay. it's laughable uh uh for the size, but anyway, fast forward a few years, I guess the company ran in hard times and he got in trouble for uh, cooking the book, so to say, and um, he ended up in jail. Oh! So apparently, his son is now running the company, and he's apparently still in jail. You don't always want to invent things. Is that the lesson I'm? Well, I'm getting here. You don't want to cook the books anyway, <laughs> uh, and make the, uh, the your company look more attractive to investors than what it really is. Um. But yeah. he has quite the history with some pretty high-level companies, especially electronics companies uh, hmm. like T- Toshiba and um, some of the other uh, bigger uh, chip manufacturers. But um, anyway, he, he got the idea because uh, he started out, I guess, in the electronic semiconductor uh, business. And uh, he had the idea of combining uh, USB with a memory chip, and that's how it, how it all came to be. Um but uh, it's an interesting article, and I've posted the link and a QR code on on the slide there. So uh, have a read through it. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting. Okay. Well, tell you what, we're I've got another uh, two pieces of a biscuit left here. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And uh, biscuit break, Mike. <coughs> Is going to bring us. I can't. I can't read this. Uh, Amateur Logic's crazy cheap closeout. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're right? we're having a sale. Okay, you don't want to miss that. So stay tuned. Happy holidays from ICOM. Spice up your ham shack this season with one of ICOM's popular handhelds, mobiles, or base stations. These radios are perfect for working your favorite bands while staying inside or venturing out this winter. It's the most wonderful time of the year to give the gift of ICOM. The IC705 is the perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in just under 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 MHz. 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. 5 watts with the included BP272 battery or 10 watts with 13.8 volt external DC. Single sideband CW, AM, FM as well as full D-Star functions. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack LC192. The ID52A is a VHF-UHF dual band with D-Star and FM dual mode functions and is the first handheld radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex, repeater, regional, and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. 
This radio brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC7300 is a high-performance HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real ham fun starts here. Happy holidays from ICOM America and visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Arnie says he just woke up from his nap <laughs> and smashed the like button. Do the same. <laughs> yes. Click the like button. That that's a novel idea and glad you mentioned that, Arnie. Yeah. Uh, the box says George, it's each one of these is five hundred thousand calories. Oh. What? <laughs> That's what it says. Five hundred k cal. Oh, kilo calories. Oh, wait okay. a minute. That's five hundred thousand calories of pop. Wait a minute. It's a small k, so maybe that means something different. Oh, maybe it's not kilo. It's metric. Yep. Could be. Well, our metric expert is in the house right here. He's on the hot spot. I, I think I the think the seat. YOLO rule is going to apply here. YOLO, well, you only live that, once. That means you only live once. Yep. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Until you eat a whole bunch of these, and then that's it. <laughs> yep. Because they are very buttery. Good stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a stick of butter in every biscuit. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever we have, it is, they're tasty. Yep. And email. Oh, and now Arnie is here now, so it's good timing on this. Glad you woke up, Arnie, because, um, well, email's got something to tell us about right here. I was reading the ARRL's news line since I'm a member and ran across something I've never seen before. It's the first time for me, so I'm planning on catching it. It says... On Christmas Eve morning, December 24th, 2022, the Alexander Grimaton Friendship Association in southern Sweden will be on the air sending out a special Christmas message to the world. The event will begin at 7.30 UTC with the startup and tuning of the Alexander Alternator Transmitter through Grimaton radio station call sign Sierra Alpha Quebec, SAQ. The transmission will begin at 8. UTC with the 98-year-old 200-kilowatt Alexander alternator on 17.2 kilohertz CW. Wow. And after that, I'm I'm seeing that there's going to be the station, uh, so I guess some hams who are part of the station, uh, SK6SAQ, will be QRV on several frequencies on 80 meters, 40, and 20. So I've never heard of this event before. Have you all? I have not. Yes. You okay. Have? Mm-hmm. I have. So anyway, yeah, I heard about it on the uh, uh, AWRL news. If you guys look at that, and it's it's there, and I think I'm going to catch this one this year, or at least try to. I wonder if the propagation is going to be good, but something tells me two hundred and two hundred thousand watts might do it. Yeah. Well, it depends. I don't know. Seventeen point two kilohertz. I, I always wonder about that. Would you hear the that frequency coming out the antenna? Yeah. 
if you walked up beside it. That just kind of amazes me. They've got a virtual tour here that you can do on the website where you can go look around and see what's going on there. Wow, look at that tower system. Is that the wires going from tower to tower there? Yes. I would I would imagine so. She's um well, yes. the, what is that, a curtain antenna? Um no, I think I'm not sure. I think it's a dipole. It's like how many towers out there is it? I think I counted maybe six. I don't remember exactly. There's another photo of it. Arnie says he's been to that transmitter site. Oh, wow. That's right, because I think he used to live in Sweden, right? Or he does? Oh, look at that antenna. Some kind of corner reflector, maybe? Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm not sure if he still got his place over there or not. I think he had one. Yeah. But I, I thought he said he's over here full-time now, so I'm not sure. So. And here is the transmitter. And there's wow, wow. The, the generators for it right wow. there. That's so awesome. Yeah. That is cool. Well, there's a better uh, better look at the generators. They're a little bigger than... Uh, They're really maintaining I'm it. I'm curious. Does it, does it mention anything about what it was used for? Because obviously it's Spark Gap, but and it would so, be CW only. So you wouldn't have a... You wouldn't be broadcasting to a general audience. So what is it, transatlantic or something like that for communications? Right. So yeah, here's here's what the uh, here's the blurb. I'm glad you asked that, Mike. I'll read it while he's looking at the pictures. The Alexander <clears throat> the Alexanderson alternator transmitter is the only remaining example of early pre-electronic radio transmitter technology. The station built in 1922 to 24 has been preserved as a historical site. From the 1920s through the 1940s, it was used for tra to transmit telegram traffic by Morse code to North America and throughout the world during World War II. Arnie says the antenna well, would, was aimed that at That would similar, do it, for sure. Similar one in New York. Oh, similar station in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's interesting. That's, um, I didn't see a board, so we know that's not wood electronics there. <laughs> That's a little big for that. But yeah, technology. I mean, back back when that thing was built to generate a frequency that high, you'd well, you'd use a alternator. We had to do some uh some reorganizing at the uh Amateur Logic uh warehouse and um like other uh, organizations that are kind of uh, direct mail and um, order online type uh, businesses, we we ended up with overstock in uh, certain areas, and we decided, well, why don't we have a closeout sale? So why don't we have a look at? Uh, well, back in 2020, that's when when it, we came out with the holiday gift guide, the crazy cheap holiday gift guide, and fast forward. To, to now, to 2022, we decided we're going to have a, a crazy cheap closeout sale. Mm, cool. You can see by the expression on Bella's face there, he just can't believe how deep discounted the prices are. <laughs> they're, they're so unbelievably cheap. And let's look at the first item. I think it's item A in the catalog or 
I think we have a, a snapshot. Have we got a close-up of that? There yeah. we go. <laughs> wow. So, so, you know, you've heard of the cursed jars. Uh, this is the cursed mug. Yeah. And um, it's unbreakable. And it's so cheap that it doesn't really hold a lot of coins, as you probably have noticed. Anyway, that's the cheap old man curse mug. He could get life boy poisoning with that. Yeah. R- Ralphie <laughs> think- needs a shave. <laughs> yeah, he's I distinctly remember like five so- o'clock shadow action happening. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got anything well, else? Let's have a look at item B in the in the flyer oh yeah it's a wonderful lie um, devil bells and that's the authentic devil bell that gla- gave clarence his wings or maybe not his wings maybe uh, maybe it was maybe his horns hmm. okay i must have missed this movie yeah i look horny in that picture excuse me <laughs> oh yeah the shutters full christmas 2022 Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think a lot of people saw that movie. Yeah. It looks vaguely. I think vaguely. it's about a roofer that likes to roof in just nothing but a bathrobe. Uh, <laughs> okay. By the looks of things. You got any other ornaments? I uh, sure do. We have the Die Hard, which is a favorite of everyone. That's a great yep. Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm not sure I fit in that ornament. <laughs> <laughs> It does well, look a little let, tight. Let, let's say this. Let's put it this way: you're a maid to fit in that ornament. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good Christmas movie, Tommy. Not responsible for any cuts or bruises, <laughs> and no miniature uh, cheap old men were harmed during the making of that. And of course, we can't forget about Elf, the uh, cheap old man Elf. You can tell he went all out on his costume. In fact, it's not his. He he just borrowed it without asking. Hmm. Okay. As far as you know, because Santa's shop does have an ELF radio. Well, this is true. <laughs> hmm. He probably got that down at the end of Bourbon Street. <laughs> Very probably, possible. Probably after, after um, probably on a Sunday morning after <laughs> the big party Saturday night. Yeah. If I did, George, I don't remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's that one there, and I, I can't for the life of me figure out how he fit through that pet door. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm, a, I'm assuming he must have got stuck. This is one of my favorite. This is from the Renaissance collection. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's that afternoon shadow again on the Mona yep. Lisa. I never saw that one before. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, these are all on clearance. Uh, they weren't really big sellers, so we're clearing them out just to make room in the warehouse. <laughs> he ain't right, y'all. He ain't right. Get them while but, they're still stuck. You know, once we move this other stuff out, um, so oh no, there's more. operators are standing by. So place your orders, and uh, let's maybe have a look at uh, some of the upcoming new products for uh, 2022. Say goodbye to buyer's <laughs> regret with Old Man's Milk of Amnesia. <laughs> oh, okay. man. I like it. Yep. I think it was 
cheap old man, but he was so cheap or he forgot to put cheap on there. And that's why he yeah. probably sampled some of that milk of the amnesia before he actually wrote the label on the product. Hmm. Fast <laughs> acting, genuine <laughs> memory laxative. Um, and it's recall free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, do not purchase this product unless the band around the cap says free. And it That's does. Right. And in, and intact. Yes. So you so you take a dose of that after you buy that new rig? You buy the new rig, you take a, a little shot of that uh uh milk of amnesia and then you forget about having had to pay for it and shell out real money for it. Sounds yeah. Okay. Does that work on spouses as well? Yeah. I was gonna say I, yeah. that's what I was wondering. Well, there's there's kind of another product for that. We'll get to that in a in a minute. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's the hundred watt incandescent dummy load. Multicolored nice. lights with fragile wire. And remember, if fragile is on the label, it must be Italian. That's yep. right. Ten meters, huh? Yep. Are Ten you meters. Can... And it's expandable. You can connect up to sixteen sets. Oh, you get on 160 then. That's right. Mm -hmm. In shack or outdoor use. And you can add modulation it's, it's for great. maximum noise. It's great if you're HOA. Uh, yep. You just string them up like a dipole and start operating, and mm -hmm. nobody's going to be the wiser. There you go. Entertain your family and friends. And as email said, yeah. <laughs> modulation okay you were mentioning uh the xyl this is the xyl alert it gives you a visual and audible alert uh to various things when the xyl is approaching the uh, slogan says why get in trouble when you don't have to get the xyl alert i have this oh this is one of my favorites the jewel thief how many times have you been operating out in a field, whether it's field day or parks on the air or summits on the air? Well, unless it's a four-wheel drive vehicle, um, you're probably not going to work summits on the air with the Jewel Thief. But free power can be had just about anywhere if you look for it. With the Jewel Thief, you can have endless operating hours in the field. With the Jewel Thief, when your source gets depleted, you just go looking for another one. And if you order today, you'll get this free guide to easy opening car and trunk <laughs> hood latches. Easy for me to say. Huh. Okay. That sounds economical. It's Energy Star compliant. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It is. Free free power. And, and we thought we'd uh, make some exclusive offers with these uh, crazy coupon deals. And remember, if the deal is too good to be true, it's a deal. Okay. Uh-oh. This is the Pullmaster EFA or NFED antenna, and it really pulls in the big ones. Um, <laughs> it's a 80 to 0.7 meter NFED half-wave antenna. With that coupon, we'll save you $20 off. And just remember, there's only a limit of 13 you can get with that coupon. It looks <laughs> like it expires on the uh, 35th yeah. of this month. And the 35th, it's received 0.25 ratings and it's three questions. 
those, no, no, no. Those are those are boxes. Anybody that's ever played Mario Brothers mm-hmm. knows that when you hit one of those cubes with the question mark on it, a little surprise pops up. It could be it could be anything. So okay, it's yeah, kind of like where... one of those scratch cards, one of those Nevada tickets. I guess you scratch and you find out what the review is. Yeah, Mike, uh, I could literally, I could see literally where you could pull in the big ones with that one. Yes. You could. It, it, it could be handy. You, you could come up with, uh, you know, a need for that thing at that's some a, point. That's a great mobile antenna. Well, it is. It's portable. So what more could you want? This is a great one. This is the Beowulf combination nail driver and Chinese handy talkie alignment tool. <laughs> And uh, just be sure to specify right or left hand model when you order. Hmm, regular fifty nine ninety five, but it's free when free. you purchase two or more items. one hundred percent off. <laughs> and it's got five thumbs down. Yeah, you got to watch your thumbs with that one. Sore thumbs. <laughs> and is there any? any I, thought, th- I thought those were lightning clouds. Oh, could be. Yeah, five lightning clouds. Whatever, whatever that is. I think it's good, and it comes with an expired warranty, so there's no worries about uh, the warranty running out on you because it's already expired. <laughs> okay. The Bowser. Bowser. Bullpup. Heavy-duty bullpup-style transmission line pinner, <laughs> and it's five half-star rated, and, and as the slogan goes, leave an impression. <laughs> yeah, it's $12 off right now with the coupon, huh? Compare it with the Colon Pro CP123, which sells for $185. The Colon Pro. If you don't know what the Colon Pro is, turn around, we'll show you. <laughs> Could have been in the rear end review. But wait, there's more. There is. I, I see that now. This isn't really a product, but we decided, you know how escape rooms are popular these days, so... We've created our own escape room. It's the escape from Nakatomi Plaza escape room. You find the clues or you die. Hans Gruber may be gone, but that doesn't stop the action of escaping from his heavily armed team. You just have one hour to escape unharmed. All this in your bare feet. And I don't know if we should read the disclaimer or not. Probably, yeah. We will not be held responsible for any trauma of any kind, physical or mental. Not responsible for cuts, bruises, lacerations, broken bones, dismemberments, drowning, hyperthermia, starvation, asphyxiation, or death should it occur. I guess in summer we are not responsible for anything. Oh, yeah. Lastly, we hope you enjoy yourself. If you want a real experience, you can add the shattered glass experience. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll have to pass on that one. Shoot the glass. Sorry, Emil. You got really thrown under the bus this year. Yep. Well, well, those are really good. Those are. And I guess with that, we've pretty much got a whole Amateur Logic uh, Christmas episode or two. Or two. Or two. Yeah. We ran a little long. Yeah, looking right? at the time up yeah. there, yeah, it's going to be quite a long one. Yep. So, um, wow, we we appreciate everyone watching the show this year. It's it's a lot of fun to do these, and especially when we got 
great viewers and, you know, the people in the chat room, the people who don't watch live, that watch the um, the episodes after they've been uploaded. That's what keeps us doing it. And some of the some of it, there's no explaining <laughs> while we uh, while we continue to do it. But hey, that's all I got to say about that. While we continue, it's fun. Yeah. I'm having a good time. Okay, I cease to have a good time. I guess I'll just find something else to do. But yeah. so far, seventeen years of fun. Yeah, learning. Yeah, learning. Y'all, le- y'all learn me something all the time. We learn ourselves something every now yeah. and then too. Not to mention uh, the great people out there watching it in the chat room and emailing and stuff like that. That uh, mm-hmm. made some made some really good friends off the show. Oh yeah. One thing I should also mention is uh, tomorrow the uh, Radio Amateurs of Canada is holding a winter contest for 2022, and that's tomorrow, December 17th. And we have not discussed a New Year's Eve show at all. And I don't know, we'll we'll have to see, you know, how everybody's time is looking. And with that, let's go around and see if there's any final thoughts for tonight. Tommy. Nope, just uh, hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Uh, be safe, and uh, we'll see you around the end of the year. Some of you. Yep. Okay. Email. Well, let's see. Besides trying to keep on the uh, nice list here, everybody, (laughs) Merry Christmas. And don't forget, in order to stay on that nice list, you got to keep it cheap. Okay. Words to live by. Mike. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. um, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. And I'm probably missing a whole list of others, but... uh, uh, whatever holidays you're celebrating, um, safe travels if you're if you're traveling, and um, we'll uh, we'll we'll see everyone next year. All right, seven three everybody, seven three. See you soon. Seven three, seven three. And fast forward to to now to twenty twenty two. Yeah, I was. That was my intent. Just a second. <laughs> do, I, do I have to get is on the horn a, with the lawyers again, Mike? Is this a blooper?